Hey Tim, how's it going? Hey, it's going fantastic. What's the what's the temperature up there? Uh, it's about minus five, minus ten Celsius. Oh, not not so bad yet. I don't know what that is in in uh, the the imperial system. Uh, I never. I you're I, in the states, and you're you have to adopt the imperial. It's funny because the Americans went through this violent, bloody revolution, and they're still using the Queen's uh, systems of measuring. Yeah, I never know when it goes into negatives. It's much harder to convert in my head. I don't know the the way it works if it's the same formula. But um, I wanted to talk today about guns. We've talked mm. about guns in like a political sense before, right? Like the right to bear arms or whatever, um, and why you, the government shouldn't have the right to take your guns. But I'm interested in it kind of from a personal perspective, why people like guns or like, I understand, yes, if you want to protect yourself, like a gun is useful. If you want to hunt, a gun is useful. But, you know, some people really like guns and it's kind of like a sport in some sense. Um, And so you've told me that you, you know, you're not like a gung ho gun shooter, but you go, you know, most years and you also take your kids out to it. So I want to know, why you think there's value in guns in your life in in that way if it's not like you own a gun for self-protection but um so if you can get started telling me about your relationship with the guns i guess that would be interesting sure yeah well i mean i you know i grew up with guns i lived on a farm and um we use guns for hunting and and for uh protecting the homestead i guess you know i that we used to live in an area where bears would come up on our front porch and sometimes eat our dog food and and, you know it's not very safe having these animals around so uh, you would use guns sometimes to drive them off or uh, kill uh, varmint that was getting into our our grain bins and and uh you know destroying the wooden bins and that sort of thing so you know i kind of grew up with them as a tool but also uh for sport too you know we we would often go out me and my friends and we would target practice and and you know it it was fun uh you know we we would go hunting and and like go kill some of the squirrels that were hanging around the barns and the the grain bins and you know there was something fun about that uh, although i often felt bad afterwards after i'd killed a, a cr- little critter um you know i'd feel some empathy for him but Um, you know, it was just kind of part of life growing up on a farm was having these firearms. And, and I remember a couple of times, you know, we would have, we lived in a pretty remote area and we would have, uh, people drive onto our property. I remember one time someone drove down, was driving down our driveway and it's about a quarter mile long. So pretty long driveway. And, uh, they turned their lights off, which was pretty suspicious. And so dad grabbed his rifle and stood on the front porch and uh, when they saw him there, they backed up up pretty quickly. So, you know, guns were, were seen as a tool for protection from trespassers, from critters, uh, as a tool to go get food. We would always eat uh, wild game and stuff. So, it, you know, to me, it, they were just kind of a part of life. They were a tool. And sometimes we would go have fun with them, shoot targets and, and shoot squirrels or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not, I should disclose i'm not uh, a gun owner right now i just it just seems like too much work to go and get uh, an rpal which is the the essentially the license you need in canada to go own a gun and then to have to buy a safe and to have to maintain these things and and then go to the range and maintain a you know some 
um, like, uh, I guess, competency at using it and all those things just seem like too much work for me. I'd rather do other things with my time, but I do try to get out uh, and shoot with friends that have guns and go to the range and that sort of thing. I take my kids out. Um, you know, I think, it, I, I do think it's important for them to, to, uh, have some firearms experience or exposure, let's say, um, even if they never end up owning guns or, or using them or anything like that. And, you know, the reason I think it's important is, um, a number of things. I mean, guns are our primary method in society of protection, of using force. Uh, all our police have them, our military have have them, um, you know, people on farms have them because, you know, police are such a long ways away and they need to understand how serious these things are, is my thinking. They, uh, they need to understand that these aren't toys. Like we, we get one view of guns when you watch TV and they're kind of glorified in Hollywood and um, they're, they're just kind of cavalierly used right and and that's just not very realistic so i want them to get a realistic sense of it and and they're scary to use especially for the first time you know there's a big boom there's a big kickback and you get the real sense of how dangerous these uh tools are um and, and so that gives them i think a healthy respect for it i think that translates somewhat politically as well in that if you're asking government to to use these deadly weapons you better be damn careful what you ask them to use but the other thing that that it does is uh it's like doing anything that is is kind of scary right and then and then um uh mastering it right doing mm -hmm. something that's scary and then mastering it gives you a, a sense of confidence and you know to me that that that's a means to to give my kids more confidence more self-esteem and you know i see them they leave the range they their heads held higher they're carrying themselves differently they have just mastered being able to use a lethal weapon and there's something about that and they've gained respect for it as well and they've realized okay you know i i th these are not things to be trifled with or toyed with or you know uh, so so it makes them more bully proof in my estimation as well it just exposing them to that so those are some of the reasons that i do it and and i don't know i get a rush out of shooting guns too like there's something about it that that gives you a rush right being able to again harness all that power and um and and direct it precisely where you want to direct it uh gives you kind of a sense of of mastery it's the same with uh you know, a bow and arrow, I've, sh I've shot those, but you know, you, you don't necessarily need guns to get that either. Like, um, mm. you can get it with, you know, powerful cars or I get it running into burning buildings and using like powerful hoses, right? I mean, the, these hoses that we use in the fire service quite often take two or three people to hold because of the kickback in it. So if I can find a technique or an ability to use it myself and then fight something very dangerous with it, well, that, that feels pretty damn good. Yeah. Me, right. And so I think, it, you know, guns kind of offer a similar uh, rush and maybe it's that feeding that masculine energy or that desire to whatever it is that we want to get out there and, you know, we're restless and we want to do something. We want to fight something. We want to master something that guns kind of provide all those things, I think. Yeah. So two things came to mind, but I'll start with the more, let's call it politically ish leaning 
And so you talked about, you know, protection and, and, you know, your dad on the farm. And I mean, I even felt like, you know, who knows what they would have done. And it brought to story, yeah. it brought to mind a story my grandfather told me of like people breaking into his house. His, his mom said, take this knife and throw it, throw it at them if they come. Right. And it's like, that was a knife and he threw it at them. And luckily they left. It's a lot more, you feel a lot safer if you have a yeah. gun. And they, they will leave your house if you have a gun. But, yeah. you know, what comes to mind is I think a lot of people and a lot of, you know, let's say my contemporaries, yeah, you know, young people in, in the cities in Canada, they think that, that doesn't happen. And of course, I would just call the police. Like, right. why, like they, there's this, there seems to be this view of like, that's just, that's the olden days. That couldn't happen anymore. You don't actually need to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Is that just part of you know statism generally that the government handles it or is there something else when it comes to guns and self-protection no i i think you're right. like you know i think there's you you can almost draw a line in politically uh, a dividing line between urban and rural people right their experiences of life are just different like if i i'm in the city an apartment building or in you know a, a, population density is there i can just call out for help and there's help there and and the people that grow, grow up in that environment um are never exposed to the complete isolation and and self-reliance and and that that you have when you're in a situation right and and it comes down to everything like if you get injured on a farm and the ambulance is an hour away you know you have to do some pretty quick thinking about what you're going to do to solve that problem like you need tools. If someone's driving down your driveway at midnight with their lights out, you know, that's damn scary. I mean, there's, there's no one like police are an hour away. Uh, there's no neighbors within miles. Uh, you know, you, you come to appreciate like, like if you haven't experienced that, um, it'd probably be difficult to wrap your mind around that. But I, I think there are people in the city too, who have been victims of crime, who, who have experienced that, right? You know, there is a, there was a libertarian candidate in the States, Madge uh, Tajour, I think his name was, he, he started a, a movement called Black Guns Matter, where he goes and fights for the right for, for folks living in inner cities, uh, in ur very urbanized environments to have guns, right? Like in, in Chicago, in some neighborhoods, there's a lot of gun violence. And I have to imagine that these people would love to be able to protect themselves, have a means to protect themselves. So I think, think there are pockets in urban areas where um, people understand danger and understand that, you know, when seconds count, uh, help is minutes away uh, at, at best, right? Yeah. So, so I think, you know, th there are certainly people that understand that in urban areas as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, it does to a sense, right? Like, I mean, whether or not we think privilege is a valid term, it seems in the way it's used, like privileged people think guns aren't necessary, right? Like, sure. well, my home's never been broken into. I live in a great little neighborhood, right? I would never yeah. need to protect myself. Um, whereas there's a lot of people, there's a lot of places where that's different, but I want to, I want to shift to my other thought I had from your initial stuff, which was. Um, kind of what led me to t thinking about this generally. So you talked about how it gives your kids self-esteem and the ability, like the feeling of being able to master this. Um, the the person that, you know, brought guns into my mind, they had a, 
a different framing of it, but it seems very similar, and I want to get your thoughts on on it. Um, he said, you know, talking about whether or not you have control of yourself just generally, whether or not you are in control of your life, which a lot of people yeah. these days think they don't. And if you are holding a gun, there is no way to evade the fact that you could do damage, that this right. is a weapon of death and you have to be very mm -hmm. careful with everything you're doing while you're holding this. And you yes. should not make mistakes and you have to, you are in control of your body, you are in control of your mind. And even as I say that, I actually get a bit of goosebumps because it's like so few people ever experience that at all. And this is yeah. just like such a concretized way of knowing you are in control of your actions. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, you show up at the gun range for the first time, you know, as, as a kid or whatever, and you're seeing these loud cannons booming downrange and you're like, whoa, like that's scary sound. First of all, you can almost feel the shockwave of some of these rifles as you're approaching. Now you get to the gun and you get to the range and you, you, you have an instructor or someone there saying, okay, super important safety points here. You're already feeling the gravity of what these things can do. Just pounding through your chest as that, those shockwaves resonate through your thorax. Right. And, and here's a gun you, uh, you're about to um, um, like pick it up and you're like, holy shit, I like this thing's dangerous. I just, I can feel how dangerous it is. And you have someone there, in, you know, telling you, okay, this is the end, the bullet comes out. That end never points past this line. It always points downrange. Okay, here's the safety here. Like we're going through safety things and, and you're listening because you don't want to screw this up. And the first time you do this, you're jittery and you're like looking at your instructor and making sure everything's right because you don't want to. And then eventually you come to master it, but you have all these safety things embedded and, and like, so the gravity of this thing is embedded from the moment you show up to where these things are being fired and where you start the training, uh, for this thing. And, uh, yeah. And then by the end of, you know, an hour on the range where you're hitting that target pretty consistently and you understand how everything works and you're following all the safety things and you're feeling some sense of confidence. Um, I mean, that, that's just a great sense of, uh, of, of confidence that you leave the range with. Right. And, and I can imagine if you're one of these guys that open carries or concealed carries, yeah, that mindset is with you constantly. You have a lethal weapon. Like you have to avoid conflict. Like you can't get into uh, a scuffle at a bar. You can't get, because that then becomes a lethal situation. You have a gun on you that someone could pull out and use against you. So you now, so your, your whole mindset is different. Like, whereas you, you know, I go to the bar with my wolf pack, I'm not unarmed and I'm just full of machismo and like, you know, and someone insults my group, I can stand up and bump chests and like that. If, if you're concealed carrying that kind of stuff is never going to enter your mind. You would never engage in something like that. You would withdraw from that. You would leave the bar. You would do whatever you can to avoid a conflict because you know how serious the, <laughs> these things are. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot a lot to that for sure. It is definitely, it, it is, it's almost life changing to be, to, to be able to do that. And that's why I think it's important to, that my kids are, are exposed to that kind of thing. And so a counter argument seems to be, or like the, maybe it's not a counter argument, but like, it seems like it's a prevailing idea that, well, no guns just cause violence. Right. So you're saying that right. guns actually 
change the mindset and, and would prevent violence. But there's this, you know, the sentiment that I have somewhere in my brain is, you know, like, look at all of the crime. People who have guns feel enabled to commit crimes. Like, they know they're protected and they can, you know, bump up against the person because then if you bump back, oh, I pull out my gun and what, what are you going to do? And that's very much like the gangster right. scenes in movies yep. and um, not gangster like mafioso gangster, but gangster like hip hop gangster, let's say, um, at least. But so is that just like an immature view? Like that's, you know, I that's how it's presented and glorified. But that's just my view, having never experienced it. And, and most people who have guns do take the responsibility seriously and, and know these sorts of things. No, I, I think I think you're right. You know, guns are essentially amoral, right? They don't there's no moral content to them. And so you bring whatever morality and ethics you have to that tool. And most people who you know, get guns, uh, want to use them as a tool for protection or something like that, or maybe for hunting or whatever. And, and they, they never want to have to pull that thing out on another human. Like that's the last thing they want. They just want the, the option to do that in the last case, a last resort or something like that. But then there are people who see it as a power thing as I'm going to be able to use this to impose my will. If anyone slights me, I'm going to pull it out. Now, I do think there's something to be said that in an environment where there are people, where there are gangs and there is this kind of, um, uh, you know, cavalier attitude towards human life um, that you want <laughs> people uh, to be able to protect themselves from those kind of things, right? And I think that, that those people that have that cavalier attitude um, – have sober second thoughts about pulling that gun out and posing their will if they know that someone else might be packing heat and might be able to to push back on them. So I think you know they it equalizes that uh, for sure. But yeah, I mean at the end of the day, um, you know th those tools can can make you you know they they can impart on you they they make you think about your ethics. They really drive home your ethics, right? Because now it becomes like this is this is the ethical arbiter of last resort. And if your ethics are, I'm going to impose my will on anyone, I'm going to be a peacock, and I'm going to, like, no one's going to disrespect me. Well, then the gun becomes like really empowers that attitude. But if your thing is all about protecting yourself, protecting life, you are less likely to engage in conflict than you otherwise might have been. Um, is how I kind of look at it. So it's there. It's almost like an amplifier of your underlying ethics. And so, what do you think then of of the argument that well, because we see the st current state of the world, there seem to be a lot of people with bad ethics, with um, you know a peacocking attitude. So isn't it better to just not let guns, you know, be pervasive, not let them spread, because people will like you know people will use it that way. Or how do we get the balance? Or is like, you know, now off the top of my head, I'm thinking, well, if we actually get the balance to shift and we know there's more or I know there's more good people than bad people, if we taught them all to have guns and we had if everyone had a gun and I think people on average are good, then the bad people would know they can't get away with as much stuff. And that surprises right. me to come out of my mouth because that's very yeah. much a gung ho pro gun <laughs> argument, which I don't expect I didn't expect to have. But is that kind of. Is that in line with your thinking or the gun thinking generally? Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I don't know, 
you know, I, I think like I've looked at peer reviewed studies on this and a friend of mine, Dr. Kalen Langman is uh, a Canadian ER doc and uh, PhD who has done uh, the only peer reviewed research in, in Canada about the, um, the correlation between legislation and violence. And he's found that there's no correlation either way like whether you have strict gun laws or or very liberal gun laws uh it doesn't affect the violence we see either way and you know i i, I tend to agree with that and, and but my concern is um is just that like it, it, you know the, the the group of people i see that use guns to impose their will the most are police and i deal with them regularly as a professional right and I, i'm on the scene with a someone who's mentally unstable or going through a crisis and I'm de-escalating it and I'm making a lot of headway and I'm gaining a connection and I'm, we're almost to the point of compliance here of we're going to we come up with a plan that we all agree with and we're going to work together to get that person help and you know and the patient's on board and then the cops come in the door and it you know it's they have guns and they're all about imposing their will and they impose their damn will. You're just like they gain compliance immediately and now things escalate and there's a wrestling match and the person's in cuffs and uh, we're not getting anywhere in terms of helping them with their mental health issue. Um, and mm -hmm. that happens over and over. You know, I've just seen so many cases just on my job where police escalate matters because they have that gun because they're taught to impose their will and and that sort of thing so the last thing i want is to give these guys an increasing mandate to impose their will on people um and use right. those guns in ways that that are nefarious but so then would that translate to general gun ownership you're saying the police use the guns to impose their will because they have them as a means and they're kind of half trained or encouraged to do that would that translate if you know more people had guns because that's at contrast with what you're saying about the the non-police gun owner who has it who knows the power it has so i understand right. that like police have government authority so they feel they feel like you know they can do they don't have the the potential repercussions of engaging in in a negative way and and those sorts of things so i want to kind of hold that aside because that's to do with yeah government authority but do, do you think that translates because of the gun itself at all? Or is that more to do with the fact that they have the authority to, like, not be wrong, let's say? Yeah, well, the, the gun certainly um, certainly adds to that, right? Like, if you look at, at the UK, I think it's only been recently that they've gotten guns. But, it, you know, historically, the beat cop has just had a billy club, right? And what they, they do when they approach... Um, domestic disputes or any, you know, any conflict is they, they, they're, they de-escalate it. They have to, because they don't want to get into a physical fight. Right. And so they're very good at de-escalating things and getting compliance that way, you know, compared to North American cops, they don't have to do that. They've, they've got the means to just force people to do what they want. They don't have to put up with, you know, spending a half an hour talking someone down and trying to find common ground and negotiating and, and working on these de-escalation techniques. So I do think there, there's probably an element where we're adding guns to the situation when you're the type of, when, when your job is to impose your will, which is what cops, their job is to impose their will. And the more of a mandate we give them, the more 
they they impose their will, right? So so I, I don't want to mandate where they're where they're trying to find all the guns and impose that will. Right. Um, I, I want and, and what I want more of in this world is people who are like the the first guy I described, which is my experience with most gun owners, is they they will de-escalate and avoid conflict if at all possible and only use guns as a last resort because they know of the repercussions. They're not trying to impose their will on anyone. Their job is to just protect themselves. They have a tool to protect themselves. They, they want right. that ability. And, and I want the cops to look, view guns that way. And the, the only way you do that is through a restrained state that isn't kicking in doors well, and confiscating guns. And so also it, it seems to like, it seems to follow rationally to me then that if we had more general gun ownership, there would be less people who felt they needed to rely on the police to protect yes. them. The police would be called less and just generally. Um, yeah. And, and criminals, I think, would be less apt to um, to use their guns, you know, if if they know that if they pull out their guns, a 50 percent chance. Yeah, someone else could be shooting back at them, right? Because criminals, the criminal mindset is they're they're gonna they, they target the weak, the those that are defenseless, the easy animals. But this is rampant through all nature, right? You know, lions don't pick the healthiest wildebeest to try to take down; they pick the weakest, oldest, youngest, whatever, right? They're and, the most defenseless, and and so we need so having guns levels that playing field, and it makes it dim, more difficult to be criminal. It also makes me think of a parallel between let's the like the broad political uh, scene. So it's like the the Republicans and the Democrats represent none of the population, but they use each other as fodder and and the excuse for one another. And so it's the same with the criminals and the police, right? So there's criminals with guns, and so they say, well, and, and they have a certain way of acting, and then the police say, well, you need us to protect you. We need guns, and we need to use force and have the ability to instill our will because they act a certain way and but if it's if the middle pack middle of the pack had just rational calm gun ownership then they can protect themselves and these these two forces don't feud as like much let's say i don't know if that makes any sense but yeah no i th i think that's true i you know i, I certainly think people have um I mean, look, on the farm, we just knew we couldn't rely on police to be anything other than historians after the fact to document what happened, mm -hmm. maybe do some investigation. But that that doesn't help you in the in the moment when your life, your property is being threatened. And, uh, you know, guns helped us. I mean, they empirically helped us like they protected us from bears. They protected us from vermin. They protected us from trespassers. And um you know, they protected us from trespassers without us even having to fire a shot. Just show that we are there and we have the means to protect ourselves and that we're not going to be an easy target. Okay. Right. They backed up. We didn't have to fire a shot. And I think that that kind of thing happens more often when you have an armed citizenry who most people are there to do just that, just to protect themselves. All they want is to be left alone, like not be predated on and, um, criminals are going to back off back away from that and find weak helpless people okay and so what do you have any recommendations for me or for like individuals or indiv or parents with respect to their approach to guns yeah i mean i think it's it's worth uh 
going to your local gun range and getting some, you know, gunnies, uh, people who are at these ranges and, and just the gun gunnies in general are very helpful. They want to, they want to educate people. They're very focused on education and helping people learn about these things, you know? So I think it's worth going to your local gun range at least once and getting a little bit of instruction and just inquiring and, you know, getting your kids out there and, and th they will leave learning that, Guns aren't like video games where they're playing Call of Duty and it's just easy, right? You know, if they come across a, a gun, for example, at a friend's house, if they've had no previous firearms exposure or education other than what they see on TV and video games, they're more likely to pick that thing up and say, oh, this is cool. This is just like Call of Duty or something like that and start playing with it, right? Whereas my kids, after having been to the gun range and seeing how lethal these things are and how dangerous they are and like feeling it in their bones as they're arriving, um, man, they, they would never do something like that, um, that cavalier, right? So I, I think it's, it's, it's worthwhile for sure doing i think everyone should do it at least once and you know like myself i've done it i've grown up with it I, I really have no desire to you know follow all these rules and regulations and get gun safes and spend money on it I, i'd rather do other things but um you know and i, I feel pretty safe where i'm living you know but then again i because i live in a safe community surrounded by other people in you know there's not a lot of crime around here that that's different than someone else who lives on a farm or lives in an inner city or lives somewhere where crime is rapid. And if I lived in one of those places, you're damn straight. I would want to have a gun. I'd even jump through the hoops to get one and stuff like that. So. All right. Cool. This was uh, very interesting. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, no problem.